Hello there, welcome to another Rahalastapa, this week with the absolute one-off comedy genius that is Ashley Story. This one is a lot of fun. Uh, I was feeling a bit depressed before I started doing this one, and I, I was very, very happy by the end of it, I hope. Well, I'm not hoping the same. it'll be the same for you. I'm not hoping you're depressed, but I'm hoping you'll feel happier by the end of listening to this. Hey, look, we're doing some Rahalastapas at... The Clapham Grand on the 6th of February. You're not allowed to come. Don't be stupid. But um, we are live streaming them and you can pay some money and help the Clapham Grand out and help me out a little bit, I suppose, and help the podcast out um, by buying tickets. They're at 5pm and 6.45pm. At 5pm there is Nish Kumar. And at 6.45pm the... Taskmaster, champion of champions, loser, Lou Sanders. Um, so if you head to richchain.com slash gigs, you can see uh, all details of how to buy tickets for that. You have to buy separate tickets for each show. Uh, you can see one or you can see both of them. Uh, I hope if you've enjoyed all the free content over the last year and 13 years, uh, you might want to watch that one live. They will appear on the feeds and streams eventually anyway, so if you can't afford to pay that, you can still see them eventually. But it'll be a lot of fun seeing it live, and it'll be nice to be face-to-face -face with my guests rather than talking over this stupid camera. Um, so do check that, richardherring.com slash gigs, and uh, if you go there, you can find it, richardherring.com slash slash tour. You can find out... Uh, what future guests we've got coming up on this podcast. Anyway, let's sit back, relax, and enjoy Rahalastapa with the amazing Ashley St and bona fide crazy Ashley's story. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a man who's looking, he's wearing, I'm wearing a running top. What has become of me? Lockdown has got to me. Welcome to Richard Herring's lousy shitty teacher podcast uh, i'm here in classroom because i'm now employed by the government to teach my own children which you know fair enough isn't it but uh that's not what i signed up for i thought i'd look after them for five years and then at school and someone else will teach them we'll talk about it more in a minute but i i was uh I was chatting to all the snowmen at the north pole from raymond briggs is the snowman you know they can fly they can ride motorcycles uh, unlike the snowman I made with my daughter in the garden this week, um, they're not full of cat shit, as far as I'm aware, uh, in uh, Raymond Briggs's one. It's not very realistic, and the heads don't fall apart when you put a carrot in them either. Anyway, they call it Rahalastapa. So that's what we're going to be talking about, uh, is uh, this is homeschooling. Now this, I was trying to homeschool my daughter. Uh, it's very frustrating. Um, it reminds me of when my dad tried to teach me to drive when I couldn't even drive and we just argued and that was it. Um, I had to... Uh, the task that I've been asked to do is just ludicrous, right? They read a story from Aborigine culture about a frog that's full of all the water in the world and everyone has to make it laugh. And then the assignment was for her to write five questions she'd like to ask the fr a magical frog from Aborigine... So I was trying to make it. I said, you can be anything. It doesn't matter. You just have to write, write them down. And, and she goes, I can't do it. I can't do it. I was going, you can be anything. You can't, you can't even come up with a question for a magical frog. I, mean, I thought, what am I doing with my life that 
That's not teaching or anything, is it? There aren't magical frogs that produce all the water if you make them laugh. A snake falls over and it laughs and then it makes billabongs. It's insane. And then she's got to ask that frog questions and she didn't want to do it. 35 minutes of my day yesterday spent trying to work that out. Uh, so, And then everyone going, well, that's what you signed up for when you had kids. It is not what I signed up for. I'd look, I'll take care of my kids. I didn't think I'd have to teach them. Just furious, furious about it. Anyway, when she was meant to be writing questions about to ask a frog, I just said, like, what's your, what makes you laugh? What's it like being a frog? She wouldn't even take my suggestions. Uh, instead of doing that, she drew this picture of me falling into some lava. That was what she did with her time, which is what she did last time I tried to homeschool her. Well, not the pre in the last lockdown. Um, look. She drew that picture of me falling into some lava with a crocodile in it. And she just did it again, but now, like, in Minecraft way, digitally. This is what I have to put up with. I respect teachers very much. It's an incredibly hard job. I then, she had... You get, with the five-year-old, you get, like, 30 minutes a day with the whole class, right? So people say, oh, you just have to supervise. No, you have to teach him. And then she sat down and did everything the teacher said. And there were 30 kids all doing everything the teacher said. And I don't know how they do it. And I don't know if it's just because she doesn't want to listen to her dad. But teaching is the hardest thing in the world. Uh, and apart from that, we did make this... Uh, we made... No, that's not it. We made this uh, snowman and the garden, which I hadn't cleared up the cat poo for a while off the lawn. And we got a very small lawn and the cat poo's on it and I have to go out every day and clear it up. And I hadn't done it for a while. When we started rolling the snowman, I'd noticed bits of cat poo were getting caught in it and I wasn't that bothered. That's not cat poo on it. I rolled it out of the grass into the edge because that's going to melt cat poo off the lawn. It's a, I'm going to take it to the dragon's den as a suggestion. You have to when this. It's not really marketable because it has to snow and you can just do it yourself. But um, I just, you know, I kind of hope I'm forging some memories with my kids and I, all the things I remember. For, you know, I remember all the snow days from when I was a kid. And so you think maybe they'll remember this day that they made a snowman with and there was cat poo inside it. Um, when I'm gone, they'll look back and remember their old dad. But when I was thinking, looking back at all the snow days that I did remember, every single one ended with me crying. Uh, I remember being pelted by snowballs from a foot away by some kids who started having a snowball fight with me in the street and just started throwing ice in my face. I got lost in Cheddar Gorge, walking in six-foot snowdrifts and basically got hypothermia, cried in the bath as I was warmed up. Just every single snow. I've got, oh, it's wonderful. I remember that every single one ends in crying. And my daughter ended up crying because she tried to put a carrot into her. That's my snowman. That's not her snowman. Its head fell apart. Raymond Briggs does not warn you about that. Anyway, uh, if you are watching this live, you if you're not enjoying this, uh, you can watch me simultaneously in the Cathedral Arts Quarter Festival uh, being interviewed about my book, The Problem with Men, which I do heartily recommend. The book, not the... I mean, the, the thing's good as well. I think you, I think you can watch it later uh, on YouTube. Um, I'm currently live on two internet channels. This is like being on BBC One and ITV simultaneously. How am I doing it? I'm magic. I'm like the snow... I'm like a cat poo-filled snowman. I'm absolute magic. Right, my guest. I just wanted to vent about the teaching... Some guy, you chose to have the kids. When I was spunking up in my wife, I didn't think, oh, yeah, better be careful, better stop doing this in case in six years' time there's a pandemic and for some reason everyone has to teach their own fucking kids. I didn't see that coming, mate. When I was... And that would have put me off. It might have, might have actually made it more exciting for me. I'd have had triplets. <laughs> That's what I think. 
I can hear my guests laughing. That's good news. So, uh, will you please welcome my guest? She's probably best known as the wee girl in the metal urn in the short film Alabama. Alabama. That's why we're all here today to see her. Uh, please welcome the wonderful Ashley Story, ladies and gentlemen. Look at that. There she is. She's the queen of the forest. Hello. How are you doing? I am enjoying your tale of cat piss snowman very <laughs> yeah. much. It's... That's the verse they left out of Frozen. Do you want to build a snowman? Roll some cat shite in a ball. Yeah, it, I, I, it picked up the cat poo, but the dog had just had diarrhea on top of the snow. <laughs> and I tried to pick that up and that was a mistake. It did that, that, didn't, that wasn't viscous enough. Uh, or it was too viscous, maybe, and uh, and a little bit. It sort of smeared onto the snowman, and then I had to roll the snowman a bit more to cut. I mean, I covered up all the poo. The poo is all inside the snowman, which I think gives the snowman a taste of what it is to be like almost human, isn't it? Because they've got intestines. I mean, it's cat cat poo and dog diarrhea inside them, but. Isn't it weird? I was all tired, wasn't I? I told you this just before. The, I was all like, oh, I don't want to do this. And look at me now. Look at me. Look how full of life I am now. Full of vim and vigor and cat shape. Yeah. Do you um do you remember snow days from your childhood? Are they and, and did any of them end in not end in you crying? I think just it's you think it's a wonderful thing. My daughter was so excited. Um, she said she wished it could snow every day, and I said it wouldn't be as good if it snowed every day. It's I'm good. very young, so global know, but... warming has been in effect for most of my life. <laughs> so you haven't so... had snow in I Glasgow. Think I've... No, I don't think I've ever seen a flake. Um, <laughs> You're not from Australia. You're from Glasgow. It's cold up there all the time. Very young, Richard. So <laughs> a baby. No, nah. oh, it's always tears. It's, you think it's great, and then it's snow is just disappointing, and it very quickly turns from something magical into something horrible and hard and wet. And I've just cold. never been enamoured by weather. Like no. there's always people who are like, "Oh, it's weather," and I'm just like, "It's." It's weather. I don't know why you're all getting all your knickers on a bunch. Snow, rain, winds. It's just just God being angry. So <laughs> I'll stay in the house. Thank you very much. Fair enough. Um, so look, let's for people who uh, who can't see you if they listen to the podcast, you are wearing an absolutely fantastic headdress. Uh, Thank you. I, is that what you'd call it? I don't. It's not. It's more than just something to keep your hair up. It's a headband. Um, it's more than that. It's a decorated headband. It's, it's got... do you know what it is? Have you you've been on Twitch, Richard? You've yes, been on Twitch. I have. A lot of female gamers have cat ears and it's a sexy thing. Yeah. And I thought, what can I do that makes my head interesting but doesn't make me like a sexy person. No, it does make you like a sexy person. Because... You're a liar, and if you're saying that, <laughs> then you've got something wrong with you. I'm trying to conjure up like Wickerman there's some feelings. Deer, so there's some deer. Is it like meant to be a deer? There's some deer, deer ears, and uh, it's some it's deer. It's a deer antler. I, originally, it was headphones with antlers that I glued on myself, but then they fell off. Okay. So then I just bought antlers. But then I've got a couple of pairs that get bigger and bigger. I've got quite a lot of antlers. <laughs> okay, that's good. And is the fruit on there edible? That'd be quite nice if you if you're doing Twitch, you can just pick a pick a, a berry off there and eat that. Or are they are they just decorative? No, they're just decorative, okay. Richard. It's not a fruit on my head. I'm not Maria Prakatan. <laughs> I've not got an edible fruit bowl on my head. Well, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna get some of those because you know I'm just here with headphones and my sagging graying head uh so i have to do better you've made me feel i have to do better well, tell us about 
You were, were you three years old in your your first appearance in the wee girl tea, in the tea urn, the wee girl in the metal tea urn in the short film Alabama. Do you remember anything about it, or is it just made up as a joke? I don't know if my mum made that up to bulk my CV out. I've got no clue. It's on your website. I, yeah, I know, but like, I think that that got made by John Fleming like seven years ago. <laughs> I don't remember. I did a lot of acting as a child. I was very cute and I was very easily directed and I would do whatever adults told me to. So I would just get shipped in to do... There's like weird adverts of me driving a tiny police car with a full-size policeman beside me. And it's like, sign up to Scottish police. I have got no idea why I was doing that, but I did. You were in a Ken Loach advert, according to your website, for Fairy Powder. I was... I was, and he did a he did a documentary about his life, and he described that period of time as his darkest period. <laughs> so, I was there. I saw Ken, Ken Loach, who did like Kathy Come Home, yeah. one of the saddest films ever. Mm-mm. When he had to do commercials, that was the darkest period of his career, and I witnessed it. Did as he a make child. the Did he make the commercials as dark as and as gritty as his films, or did he did he bite the bullet? I only remember very few things about him, but one of the things I remember is he would tell me to do something, and then he'd hide behind the couch. Right. to like see what I would do and then essentially I had Ribena on my t-shirt and I had to come downstairs and he was like just just do what you want just come downstairs and just tell us what you feel and I came downstairs and I went I've been shot and that tickled him <laughs> and that's how I got the part <laughs> brilliant um well you have got a very unique uh and uh so, I mean, a very unique way of performing, I think, and a, and a uniquely, um, yeah. What's the what's the word? What's the polite way of saying it, Ashley? You've got. I mean, it, it, I'm trying to be polite by saying it's it's a it's an interesting. No one else could do what you do. I think is probably what I'm trying to say. I'm a big weirdo, and that's yeah. all right. You that's, are a big that's... weirdo, but it's but that's I like that. And there's a there's a lot of comedians who are big weirdos. So it's you're in the the correct job. <laughs> Um, but I think even it, I, I like what I like, I think, is um, many things. But I think it's sort of there's an honesty and you've you've never really. And I've known you for a long time because you used to do stand up also when you were a child. So, I've, I, you know, I met you, uh, which you won't remember, I don't think, in um, somewhere like the uh, one of the uh, one of the Edinburgh venues. I can't remember what it was called now, but and I performed there. Um, uh, the underbelly, one of those guys, uh, the underbelly, and um, you know, you were you were like you were doing stand up at like eleven or twelve years old, were you? Right when you okay, when I met you, the underbelly, I was I was 24. not doing stand up. I was <laughs> I was an underage teenager who was convincing barmen to give me drink. <laughs> it was a great time. Well, you were still young then, but yeah, you, you so you did stand up first, and then you stopped doing stand up. Mm-hmm. fairly quickly but then you can yeah. came back to it a, a lot later um yeah. but i think it's just you've there's in the stuff you're doing online we'll talk about that as well a bit in, in a minute but the stuff you're doing online i think you're just very you, you're not there's no pretense you, we, we're getting the the real ashley story i think is yeah well it's autism it's <laughs> very much what that is i got diagnosed and when they gave me like a, they gave me like a book explaining 
why I was autistic, which they needn't have really done. <laughs> um, but they gave me like a whole thing and they were like, oh, it's really good. You've like picked a job where you can just be you. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's pretty much true. But it's a lot of comedians will try and fit in or try and be cool or try and hide away, you know, try and either exaggerate or hide away what they're doing. I just sort of feel it feels very honest. I took a test for autism and uh, I'm not autistic. It's uh, like a, a lot of people, well, the test tells me I'm not autistic. I, mm-hmm. thought, I thought I might be because um, I'm kind of a bit, I'm a bit awkward socially and I get very obsessed about doing <laughs> doing yeah. certain projects and things and I do them quite obsessively, but I don't, I, apparently I'm nowhere near being... Did you autistic. do a test on the internet or with a, a medical professional? I did a test on the internet, but it looked quite a, quite a good one. Was it on BuzzFeed? Uh, no, okay, it, was, it was some. I got, I got, I was sort of at the high end of completely normal. There was, there was, you know, I think I got twelve out, out of fifty or something. It was, it was some way away from being, okay, being, being autistic. Which you know, I think a lot of people. It's one of those things that lots of people goes, oh, I'm a bit autistic, and they're, and they're not right. <laughs> no, it's like people who say that, like people who are clean who say they've got OCD, yeah. and I'm like, no, no, I've got friends with OCD who can't leave the house until they've like checked that the light switch is turned off a specific way, or right. they've locked the door a funny way, or we just can't leave. That's that's the end of that. That's yeah. that's not you keeping your fucking curtains at a certain cleanly level. Yes, and I think am I I'm allowed to say fucking? Sorry, yeah, you're allowed to say anything you want. Okay, thank you. Uh, don't get, don't be racist if you if you can help it. If you're ra- if you want to start being racist, well, I'll hold it in, Richard. <laughs> okay, no, I'll, I'll hold in my racism for now. <laughs> thank you. Fuck the English. Anyhow, yeah, sorry, right. it just it spelled out. I apologise, all <laughs> English people. <laughs> that's accept. That's it's accept. It's acceptable in it to be racist to the English. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's and I will be racist to the Scottish in return. Um, so uh, <laughs> that's it's a dance as old as time. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but, but you know, there's not there's not, those sort of things where I feel like I've oh have I locked the door? I have to go back and check three times sometimes, but that's still that's still nowhere near right. That's still nowhere near. You've done the test for ADHD. Um, I th- yeah, I think I think I, I I did. I don't, you know, I think I'm fair. I would, I'd love to not. I'd love to be have an excuse for the way I yeah. behave, but I don't actually have any excuse. I'm just, I'm just a bit weird. Mm-hmm. And and get a bit obsessed about things that I don't need to be obsessed about. But I guess I'm always doing it at a slight. I'm always wink, I'm winking at it when I'm when I'm getting obsessed with things, while still slightly being obsessed with them. So <laughs> it's I think you know it's within my control. I think I think I can I can stop most of the time if I want to. So I, I think that that takes that takes it away. I just don't know why you're winking. Yeah, like... I'm winking at it. <laughs> You're, you're obsessed with something and you're winking at it. You're like the weirdest stuff in the world. Just walking behind a woman and winking at her. I'm obsessed, but I'm winking. It's fine. Just I'm winking. I'm winking at it. Um, so you found out quite recently, though, or certainly as an adult, so you didn't know as a as a child that... Mm-mm. I mean, you had a... You had an unusual child. You're, I mean, we've I've, we've been in, you've been on the podcast before with your mum, Janie Godley, and yes. been annoyed that I have never had you on on your own. And mm-hmm. look, now here you are. Let's I know bring, all it took let, was a pandemic. Let's let's bring Janie in though. Just no. So your mum, <laughs> your mum is quite a character as well, and your dad is uh, is also. Well, you've written about your dad, and you've done a, you've done a radio show about your dad's uh, autism as well, and he's. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and so yeah, you've had quite an unusual upbringing of freedom and and your parents. I think in the last podcast we talked about how your mum pretended you were diabetic so you wouldn't be get to eat sweets as a child, even though you weren't. Yep, I and mean, that's quite it. unusual, right? I told you. I, I don't know if this is in the podcast or whether I read this today. That uh, that the ice cream men only played their song, their music when they were sad, so they <laughs> so they wouldn't be selling any ice cream. Um, so your mum was, and you've come. You come from a, a family, a working class family, that had some uh, criminal connections. In yes, the, the, I think is. <laughs> So you've had quite an unusual upbringing. So um, is, is that yeah. why you didn't know there was anything wrong, or was it just something um, that wasn't that people weren't interested or didn't diagnose back twenty um, years ago? There was things that I had kind of self-diagnosed. I, I had always kind of self-diagnosed and said, "Well, Dad has it. There's a big genetic link." There's because I diagnosed Dad when we were at school. We got taught about the Baron Cohen test, right? Which is the original test for Asperger's that was um, invented by Sasha Baron Cohen's brother, which is <laughs> mad. <laughs> the Borat's brother invented the test for yeah. autism. Is it definitely um, not some kind of? Is it definitely real and not some kind of spoof thing? I don't. I don't know. Wouldn't that be, be a fun? Wouldn't that be a fun <laughs> twist if autism didn't exist and it was all just a Borat joke? Um, but yeah, I read about that test and there was something weird in the test about not being able to use the phone. And my dad can't use the phone. He'll like make me hold the phone and talk to people, and he'll frantically mouth what he wants me to say okay. on his behalf over the phone. And I always thought that was really normal. And. <laughs> And also I had to answer the phone a specific way. So as a small child, I would pick up the phone and go, hello, this is Janie Godley's house. How may I help you? And I thought that was normal. So yeah. when I was at other people's houses, my friend's houses, my friend Victoria's house, the phone would go and her mum, Rosie, would be like, oh, answer the phone for me. And I'd be like, hello, this is the Barnet residence. How may I help you? <laughs> and thought that was normal. And people yeah. thought it was super weird. And I was like, okay, that's a weird thing. So I put it on my list. <laughs> And then when I saw this test, I was like, oh, that's dad, that's dad, that's dad. And then I said to him, you might not be just an angry psycho. You might have a thing. And he was delighted because he spent he spent his entire life thinking he's got something wrong with his brain right. and not understanding it and being like, oh, I'm just a bad man who doesn't like velvet. And then... He got to go to the doctors. The doctor was like, that's what it is. It was honestly like I'd discovered something <laughs> magical. And all these adult people round about me went, oh, that's what it, that explains everything. And then they tested them. And within like a second of the man testing them, and I remember the man who tested them wore a tie that didn't have a point. It was like a karate belt. It was like a square tie. <laughs> okay, And yeah. that... And f dad could barely hold himself together just from that. And he was like, you're going to have to take off that tie, mate, because that's not making sense. And the guy was like, OK, so you're autistic because <laughs> that's not a normal reaction to my stylish modern tie. <laughs> and so um, how how is it sort of both for yourself and for your dad? Because well, you, you're using your dad in your comedy and uh, as does your mum as well. But so you're sort of fighting over who gets to talk about his stuff but is that is that uh is that a difficult thing to talk about 
certainly like if it's yourself it's a bit different there but if you're talking about your dad is did you have any uh, worries about joking about it or is it all he, he doesn't come and see gigs right so does he ever listen to any of the radio shows that he so he doesn't know what you've done really he does i'll tell him and i'll speak to him about stuff but yeah. he doesn't care he he doesn't people think that we make that up that he doesn't care but he genuinely cares more that i don't leave the light on in the toilet than go on stage and call him anything <laughs> like he wouldn't care but if i don't turn the washing machine off when i'm done with it even though it's got a self turn off function and it will turn off eventually that'll do his tits in for like a month but if i went on stage and was like my dad's an annoying smelly plum he'd be like no that's fair and well doesn't... yeah it's but it's, it's you know I've, I've always i'm interested in the you know in the link between or, or sort of the way that comedy often skirts and plays around with mental illness and you know it's a, it's a way of i guess cope if, as long as it's not you know taking the piss um, it's a sort of way of coping with the sort of fragility and peccadilloes of our minds, you know, to be able to joke about it. But also, you know, these things, it's it's a it's a weird thing with autism because what happens is sort of inherently funny because it's what isn't what you're not meant to do. So it's it's sort of like a joke anyway, right? Isn't it? Because it's that's how jokes work, or that's how comedy works. Is someone behaving in a way that they're not meant to behave in society, and from guess, thence the humour arises, and that's that's daily life for someone with autism. But sometimes I think the humour is more his actions, which is like, oh, how society shouldn't act, kind of makes me reflect upon society, and I'm like, sure. maybe you are the arseholes and we are right. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> kind of convinced that that's. <laughs> that we're all right on this yeah. one especially with like interpersonal relationships i don't i don't do the i don't do the new relationship you hide in your crazy thing until you get a mortgage and then <laughs> displaying it yeah. once it's too late and you can't back out the deal i think that that's mad and i've got friends who do that and i'm like just tell them that you're a weirdo and stop with this i don't poop nonsense <laughs> Well, I think that's, but I think that you know, the world as as we're increasingly seeing, the world is insane, and and society and civilization are an artifice that we've placed on human life in order to improve certain. You know, it's it's a good idea in a lot of ways to have organized stuff and have religion, even because it it helps us survive, which is good for it, for the survival of our genes. And civilization helps us not just kill each other automatically, but also it's not like natural you know in terms of it's not how we're meant to be in, in nature i guess so, I don't really... so therefore well just that you know that it's an artifice that civilization and everything we do is an artifice so that i think that's part of comedy's job is to go you know isn't it weird that yeah um you know that there's someone who's a queen and she's just that because she plopped out the right vagina and <laughs> You're just you're just all accepting that. Why is that? Why is that a thing? You know, yeah. or whatever, or smaller things than that as well. So you know, I think that that's. I think I suppose that's what interests me about about like exploring my own, you know, slight madness and my own slight obsessions is that is yeah that when I clear stones off a field and commentate on it, I'm thinking this is no more ridiculous than the jobs of the people who are listening to this but because they get paid for doing that because they go into a place and you know they're wasting their life 
putting figures into a computer and I'm wasting my life putting stones at the edge of a field. So, you know, who are, who is the madman? Ashley, who is it? It's me. It is me. Isn't it? I think it's true, yes, though, because I don't really understand. Are you saying that comedy's like moving stones? I'm so confused. I think, I think, are you building a wall, I'm Richard? Saying, what I'm the saying, fuck are you doing? I'm, I'm building a wall that's going to be visible from space. I'm saying <laughs> that life... Is a life is a like life is a joke. Life is ridiculous, and our lives we're here by a, in a sort of cosmic accident. And there's no, you know, we're trying to place uh, meaning into stuff that has no meaning. I think you know, and we're trying to say, oh, if this happens, then this happens. So all the all the way we, you know, I think we got quite good as a species in terms of actually finding out why some stuff's happened. But along the way, there's been a lot of fucking mad shit going on in order to get to that point so you know people say oh this happens because uh, the sun won't come up unless i kill someone on a mountain at night time and look it's come up again so that proves it so you know there's lots of mad things that have happened that uh on the way to us being like slightly enlightened but you can't really say that when you look at the way the world's working at the moment that we're an enlightened yeah. species on that subject, Richard, yeah. are you excited for disclosure? I don't know what disclosure is. They're going to tell us about the aliens so soon. Are they? Yeah, it's it's literally round the corner. Okay. We're going to find out that the greys, the reptilians, it's all happening. Well, it sounds like you've you've already been told, if you know it's coming. Well, I've been told because I know the right website, okay. Richard. But the government are going to tell us, specifically the Americans. Okay. I'm very excited. I just have they have they been sitting on it for so long without without anyone knowing about Bluetooth. It? That's how we got Bluetooth. <laughs> well, look, I I you know I think uh, there's a possibility. We there's a, a lot of uh, there's been a lot of advances in uh, technology very quickly since yep, the yep, Roswell yep. alien crashed into Area 51. Mm-hmm. And Eisenhower made the deal with the small greys to right. sell human flesh for okay. Wi-Fi. Okay. Okay, we're getting we're getting into that territory. It's very early. I'm I'm very happy to talk about it, um, but uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, they, I th- I was saying. I mean, I was I'm sort of self mockingly saying. Uh, I think there's just a good chance there's there's nothing else out there in terms of intelligent life. I think we're I think we're such a I think we're such an accident that even if the universe is infinite, we might be the only one that uh, has got to the. The, the this point. I kind of really hope that there's like bigger knobs than us out there. Yeah, well, there's like there... I'm not looking for intelligent life that's going to teach us anything. <laughs> I'm looking for like a race of like, um, excuse me, but did you know that actually stars are this? I want that. Okay. I want like aliens with podcasts to turn up and well, fedoras. If there are aliens, they will have podcasts. If they, I just think for them to get here. They've got to be quite clever or just have fallen onto an asteroid somehow. <laughs> or lucky. Well, they'd, you know, they'd have had to try, unless they're much closer, unless they're living on Venus or Mars, they they would, they've got a long way to travel and they'd, they'd have to be quite clever to work out how to go that fast, that uh, easily, or find wormholes. So it's possible, you know, I don't think, have you ever seen a UFO yourself? No, I've seen time travel, but not a UFO. You've seen time travel. Tell me about that. Well, Have you seen time travel? I have 100% seen time travel. Uh, you can take that dubious geography teacher tone out want, of your I voice. I want to know how you've seen it. <laughs> have you experienced it, or have you just seen someone appear and disappear? And they went, I'm from 1872. Oh, 
<laughs> is that no. what happened? Um, no. Okay. So, like, maybe eight years ago, yeah. me and my friends were sitting in my room. Were we partaking in substance abuse? Not really. <laughs> and <laughs> I was explaining time travel to my two friends who aren't bright. And I said to them, let's all write in our iPhones this yeah. date, this time. And in the future, if time travel's possible, let's come back to this exact moment in time and alert ourselves to it. So we did that. We cowed down 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Nothing happens. Three seconds later, this is four in the morning. Mm. A firework goes off outside my flat window. I look out my window and there is a fat old lady running down the street who looked like me. <laughs> <laughs> well that's good so that's good to know that you are indestructible now until you until that moment happens in reality yep. so you can do anything you can walk into fires and you'll probably be okay um you might if you couldn't say she might have been hideously burnt um my friend andrew mckay did the same thing as that uh and and except we were writing it in diaries back then but he uh he forgot to transcribe it one year to a he didn't turn up so uh, when at the appointed time, but then he forgot one year to transcribe it to his new diary. So he forgot what day it was meant to be. Well, that's so, why he didn't turn up. So that might be why he didn't turn up. But also, he didn't, so he didn't turn up. So he didn't bother to transcribe it though. So you know, but it's both. Last ways, last year, I saw a person out my window at the same bit of land who fully walked backwards for like seven minutes. And one time, I looked out the window, and everybody was just standing still. And then, like, as if they knew I was looking, they all started moving again. <laughs> and mum has witnessed this too. That's one time. You could I'm be not in finished. the Truman Show. You could be in the, the Scottish Truman Show. I don't think so. I just think there's a wormhole across the road from my house okay. near where the Chinese herbal medicine shop is. And this other time, there was a man fully in old-fashioned clothes and he walked out and he went, I've been shot in the arse and I don't know where I am. Right. Gun crime isn't a thing in Scotland. <laughs> How and he looked like he was like from Bridgerton. Well, I wonder whether when you set up the thing about the coming back to that time, and then you came back to that time with your firework from the I've future. Read something was it a futuristic firework that you set into motion something uh, like a a rift in the fabric of time that has created all these other things happening, and then a a guy has come. Uh, from it's like the guy from Rent-A-Ghost was a Victorian guy, wasn't he? That's used to, that's the references lost on you because you're too young. I've um, pulled a thread, Richard, on the fabric of time yeah. and something's afoot and I'm excited by it. That's so good. to answer your question, how have you seen time travel? That's I how. No, I'm I'm good. I'm on board with that. That's pretty good. So the aliens are coming. I'm good to it's good to know time travel is possible. Mm -hmm. Um I think you know, I think I'm just gonna be too late for all of these things. Uh, you know, within twenty years People will be immortal, basically. I don't. Think... I did look very old, and I'm a slow ager. Right. So I was probably like a hundred. Yeah, I think that could be true, and I think people will get older and older, and will live for longer and longer. But I'm just of the generation that I'm just gonna peter out just before that happens. Um, yeah, sad. But I, in a way, I'm ready to go. I'm re I've had a good life, actually. I'm ready to go. I know. I, I if... want to be like Robin Williams in that bicentennial man film, where he's got all the. No. The knobs and twiddles and he lists forever. Now I've found out that homeschooling is going on until March the 8th. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. If I, do, I would just go, look, I'm sorry, kids. 
I'm sorry to leave you, but it's fine. Your mum's attractive. You'll have a new dad soon. That's true. And I don't want to do this anymore. Do you <laughs> want me to mistake. teach them science? Yes, I would love that. Yeah, if you could. <laughs> Perhaps you and my daughter will, will together will create time travel. Maybe that's how it's going to happen. Maybe. Thanks, thanks to me <laughs> passing away. Um, you never know. Um, good. Well, look, most of my my emergency questions are basically been answered now by <laughs> within seconds. Uh, I did ask you some out the old book. I'll ask you some out the new book. We'll get onto some other stuff as well. You're very, very good value, Ashley Story. I'm going to tell you that. Um, Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Uh, this is an interesting question I don't think I've asked anyone before can people change Ashley do you think people can change there's a bit in uh, what song is it there's some I think in in Frozen actually there's a bit where people don't really there's a there's one of the messages of that song is that people don't really change just that there's something that people don't really change uh, I think people do change do you think people change I think people can change um, The Rock was a villain at the beginning of wrestling and now right. he's everybody's favourite wrestler. Okay, there you go. Um, and I think people can change. Do they change on the inside? No, but I think we're all very good at pretending to be better I than we are. I th- well, I don't know. I think we do. I think you can change on the inside. I think we. I think like people are dishonest, obviously, about what goes on inside their heads. Apart from you, Ashley, you're very honest <laughs> about what goes inside your head. But uh, and also and and cheat them, lie to themselves, and. You know, everyone thinks they're the good one in the story, don't they? I mean, that's the thing. I think everyone, th- you know, unless you're really going full pelt to be evil, I think everyone thinks, oh, I'm, I'm good. Oh, yeah, I did that thing. But that was, here's the extenuating circumstances of why I was mean to that person. Um, so, uh, but I think, you know, I've I've changed, I think, in the last uh, 20 years. I think I'm a very different person than I was. I think just the I think that it seems to me like it's a, an excuse to... To, to, to you know, uh, to excuse sort of bad behaviour, you can go. Oh, the thing is, people don't change. That guy's going to be a dick for the rest of his. That guy, he'll never settle down because he's that kind of guy, you know. But I think if you compare me now to me of twenty years ago, I'm a very. Do you like wear less suede? Person. I wear less suede. I did. I did have a, a sort of leathery jacket. Yeah, back that's then. my one only memory is of it? you is that you wore like a beigey jacket, yeah, and I like, didn't like it. I like that jacket. I had th- I actually had uh, four copies of that jacket. <laughs> <laughs> they, I got through. They I, I I never look after anything properly. It, it was it was wasn't that expensive, but it was quite expensive. But I then saw them on sale, like for about a quarter price, and I bought all of the ones that, that fitted me. So they, I did wear that jacket for a long time because I had several copies of them. Uh, but now I don't. You know, I, don't uh, I did buy a leather jacket a couple of years ago, and uh, it doesn't doesn't suit a fifty-two, three-year-old man really. I think maybe there's people who can change and people who can't. Okay, so I've changed because I don't wear leather clothes. And you're a changer. I do. Change. Maybe there's maybe there's twisters and stickers, and there's people who stick and there's people who twist. <laughs> I and think life is a like you know like you've got to keep learning in life and you've got to if you're not changing then you're not doing life right because there's lessons all the way through life about you've got to go oh why the f-? most of the things that happen just that are bad are our own fault Ashley and if you're not learning from the, your mistakes then you there's something very very bad going on and it, you know it not you, you allow the first forty years to not learn from your mistakes but after okay. the, after the first forty. If you're not learning from your mistakes, then, uh, you know, good luck to you. 
Uh, it's a very we're getting very philosophical. I like it. I thought I was going to talk to you about uh, Twitch and stuff, but no. Let's see what else. Um, uh, would you rather be a Grinch or a Shrek? If you could choose between those two things, do you know? Are you aware of both these uh, monster gr green based? I am. I think I'd rather be a Grinch because I would want to hang about with the little who people and I'd have the little dog and his cave is cool and I don't like Shrek because he's always trying to get his hole and going about it the wrong way. Okay. But you I, know, just, he's, I, he's so I gave Scottish, up into he? two Shrek, off so the cough. Scottish. He's so brilliant. That accent is exactly, that is the best. I, that's, what, that's what I'm aiming for when I, when I do my Scottish impression. I'm trying to get Get to I, I've never really got a handle on the Grinch. Does he? My kids were watching at Christmas, but I was bored by it. Um, does he get better? Does he change? Does the Grinch change? Does he get? His he, heart he, grows and grows, okay. and he's filled with the spirit of Christmas because the little kid with a turned up nose is like, "Oh, don't ruin Christmas!" And then she sings that wee song, and okay. then all the Who's and Whoville sing, and his heart gets big, and he's filled with joy. And then I think he like. I think he gets a girlfriend at the end of okay. it. It's just Ebenezer Scrooge in green, right? It's just a green Ebenezer Scrooge. That's what they've done there. Without ghosts. Okay. And also he doesn't, like, hurt any disabled employees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, actually, you know, Tiny Tim was not uh, employed by Scrooge. You just, don't know what was going was on just... with his dad. He had problems. Yeah. He had a bad back. Sore legs. Good. So if the Grinch can change, then anyone can change. So I think you've just answered the previous question there and your love of the Grinch. I think Grinch. you're right. You're Sh absolutely right. Shrek can't change. Shrek doesn't charm and he does change a bit. Well, Shrek's a sticker. The Grinch is a twister. <laughs> um, okay, I'll ask you this. One more image question, then I'm going to go back to my notebook. This, this has happened to me. Have you ever taken part in an identity parade, either trying to pick out the criminal, being one of the people who isn't a criminal, or being the alleged criminal? No, but there was a man who was masturbating in a Starbucks when I was a teenager. And it's when I realised that I struggled to describe people without being... I don't know, like, I just couldn't get... When I, when they showed me what my description was, it looked like something from the Grinch. And I was <laughs> like, maybe I'm not good at describing things in a non-comedic fashion. Maybe just um, all men look like the Grinch when they're masturbating. I don't know. I haven't... Maybe they just... Maybe. Just as they're hunched over. Maybe. Going to yeah, on themselves. I'm not good at it's, it's a difficult thing when somebody's like, oh, and what was the length of his nose? And I was like, I don't know, yeah, but I it was nasty. Well, he I had a cruel nose. My uh, mental illness is I, I have aph aphantasia, which means I can't. I haven't mentioned this for weeks. People will be delighted it's back. I can't <laughs> uh, bring up images in my brain. Right? So I can't see. If, if I'm imagining something, I'm not seeing anything. Mm -hmm. uh, I get like very brief flashes so if I'm thinking of your face I will sort of I'll know what your face looks like but I won't be able to see it if you see what I mean it'll just sort of flash something will flash almost behind my my brain's eyes so I think I would struggle to to uh, like do I to, to do any of those things where you have to say what what someone looked like and get them to be drawn because I wouldn't it'd be very difficult to really pull that up it was less that I couldn't see him and more okay. that his head and my mind was like I don't know, Trippy. I just see things. I think I see the world different than everybody sees it. Because if somebody said, oh, describe Richard Herring, I would be like, hmm, like soft and like a badger. 
<laughs> but like a friendly badger with yeah. pinkness. Yeah. And then Big they'd draw you, and I'd be like, no, that's not what I meant. But you know what I mean. And that's my, again, assumed knowledge as yeah. a sign of autism. Okay. Is assuming everybody understands completely what you're talking about. Well, who knows what other people see? That's you know, that's the perception is the at the heart of everything, isn't it? I mean, we're getting very much into stoned uh, students at university, first week of university territory now. But you know, why not? <laughs> We've started. Let's go. We started, so we'll finish. Um, you know, what if the colour you see is blue, I see is green? Doesn't really matter, does it? Because we just still would call it the same thing. Ah. <sighs> So let's talk about something else for a second before we get back into our crazy lives. <laughs> this is very good, Ashley. This is uh, an extremely enjoyable podcast. Uh, as I'm glad. I glad. I, I knew it would be. Um, uh, well, I'm sort of, both you and your mum, this last couple of years seem to really have uh, broken through into public consciousness more than you had before. But having both worked for uh, a good length of time without getting uh i think the attention you both deserved it's, uh, your mum certainly has been going for as, as stand up for what 30 years 20 30 years or something like that, 20 years i don't know how long it is a big but long time a big long time and what do you think the reason is that say like tv and radio have been reluctant to, is it there's lots of possible reasons and maybe it's all of them uh, but... I think that there's lots of di there's lots of different things. People always go to the swathing as the first one, but I know so many male comedians who swear and yeah. are vile on stage, but get booked on radio and television, and it's never ever questioned that they'll be able to control themselves when a camera's on them and not do their big weird pussy joke. Like yeah. it's never brought into account that that might be a thing but for some reason and I don't know if it's the Scottishness and I don't know if it's the women thing but there will be times where I'll go on stage and somebody will go oh, just so you know you can't swear and I'm like yeah I'm, I'm aware it's like a dementia charity I'm not going to go out and do my C-bomb material calm down Karen but there is like a weird um because I before when I started comedy the thing I was doing was I was doing kids shows more than I was doing adult shows i was doing frozen like for two years on tour and i managed to do two years every day in frozen without one swearing in front of a child <laughs> who were you playing in frozen okay so everyone? you know the guy who runs the shop yeah yeah i was his sister okay. um it was a character i created of my own <laughs> because um, I had to host sing along a Frozen. I was also <laughs> Olaf. Um, yeah, good. I so I would run head. off stage, put on my Olaf costume, do my bees will buzz. Kids will go run the lion buzz, do my little dance. And um, me and the two princesses would do these giant sing along shows <laughs> across Britain. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. I would, uh, if you bring it back, my kids are obsessed with uh, my son was dressed as Elsa today. For all, all day, it was very good. He's 28 years old as well, so it's uh, no, he's three, it's fine. Um, uh, so yes, it, I've, I've, I'm very well aware of the uh, the frozen oeuvre. Um, and yeah, I think you'd be good, Olaf, and I think that's that's nice anyway. Yes, so I mean, I don't know, it seems to me like, um, but you're you know, your family's a working class family and a yeah, uh, you know, and it from Scotland, and that, whether that's a positive or a negative to people in London, I don't know. I mean, it does, I think it's a negative. It I think is. It, it is a negative, and I know that there are people who will heartily disagree with me and say Scotland is loved south of the border, but 
I have been enough times. I've been in enough comedy clubs and, and rooms where some London persons come up to me and mean, oh, you're from Glasgow. That must be like so scary. Uh, you come from Scotland. Oh my God, how have you not been stabbed? And I'm like, I've been to Newcastle. I've seen the other parts of England. You don't get to throw shite at us anymore. That's yeah. I've seen your cities and they're just as fucking dodgy as ours. Shush now. Shush your beast. The only place I've ever been mugged was in London yeah. in my entire life. <laughs> the only place where I've ever been robbed was in London. But there's a weird, and I think it's the bill, Richard. I think that the bill, whenever they had a Scottish person <laughs> on it, it was always a drug dealer or a gangster. And yeah. I think everybody in the 80s, 90s and early 2000s had their brain warped by Sun Hill. Right, it could be that. I don't know. I mean, I would think, you know, you would think that TV commissioners were going, well, we, it'd be good to get more women. It'd be good to get more working class people on TV. It would be good to have some different accents. But I wonder, like, I, I don't I don't want to be, I don't want to place devil's advocate particularly. But, I, I, you know, someone like Limmy as well, who I think is like just absolutely one of the greatest comedy minds of, uh, of our generation and just such a fascinating person. Uh but again, I think like with him, I think people felt, well, will people in England get that? Which they absolutely fucking would. So fuck off. But is it that Glasgow maybe particularly is produced? I think there's it feels to me like a city and there aren't many left in the United Kingdom that has its really its own personality. And, and I wonder whether it feels to an outsider that they're not in on the joke, you know, that maybe you have to get in on the joke to get the stuff that's going on. You have to kind of become familiar with it. And it maybe it's putting people off in that way because it's not like, you know, what Limmy's doing, what you and your mum have been doing are sort of not like anybody else, right? So... Over, I get what you're saying, yeah. but you look at things like Shameless and the success Shameless had, and that was very much Manchester. Yeah, yeah. It was very much that embodied within that programme. Or you look at Derry Girls and the success Derry Girls has had. That's a really specific place yeah. and a really specific viewpoint. But we can all kind of see. And do you know what is a great example? Korean K-pop and K-dramas. <laughs> yeah. That's a super weird viewpoint. The West eats it up. Little teenage girls, me, I have watched like four different Korean dramas. They make no sense. I watched 29 episodes of a TV show about a nun who went undercover in a boy band. And I loved it because her twin brother went for eye surgery and couldn't blink anymore. So she had to replace him in the boy band. And it was amazing. <laughs> and I didn't need to get Korean jokes or no. understand South Korean life to be like, I like this because you like what you like and sure. you find your way through it. And it's the reason why Game of Thrones works. None of us is like, I totally relate to this because I remember when I burned my husband and my three dragons came alive. <laughs> that is... <laughs> I know. Oh, look, I, look, I wasn't, uh, I was doing my best to try and think of it from their point of view. And you are right. But maybe the good thing is, I mean, maybe it's good. And I'm, and I'm really, really delighted to see you both kind of getting recognition and awards and radio shows and TV shows and your mum's doing lots of acting now and it's really terrific. I'm glad that it's... I'm glad you've got recognition, but maybe those years of just just doing your own thing 
and for Limmy as well, maybe for myself as well, by being left alone, what you end up creating is much more interesting than what you might have done had you been pulled out of obscurity at, at, at a, you know, as an 11-year-old stand-up. If someone said, come on, let's do a TV show, you wouldn't be the Ashley story that you are now and you wouldn't be doing the the stuff that you're doing now, yeah? Oh, wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. And uh, weirdly, that ties back to my autism diagnosis is the lady who diagnosed me said, if you'd been diagnosed as a kid, you wouldn't be the person you are today because all of your weirdness and all of the things that make you a good comedian are things you've put in place to deal with your autism. <laughs> and if you had been diagnosed as a child, you wouldn't have developed like, oh, I'm going to talk in a funny voice for three hours because it's going to protect <laughs> me from how uncomfortable I feel in this situation. And yeah. that becoming a character or, oh, I'm going to put on a funny hat and pretend to be somebody else for a little while. But it's like, I'm happy with how everything, I'm, there's yeah. not an ounce of me that's like, oh, we should have got this sooner. There are very talented people who... I'm sad haven't been recognised at all um, yeah. and I think that that sucks and I think that there is a definite issue with Scottish voices getting heard but I think that me and mum were always prepared even within Scotland <laughs> to be <laughs> told to piss off so we were always online yeah always like we were making youtube videos when youtube first became a thing yeah and we were making podcasts before people made podcasts and it was just a genuine reaction to even i remember going to bbc scotland when it was the old building with my mum when i was a kid and a big presenter going i could see her mouth moving and she went what is she doing here and looked at my mum and i was like oh we're not welcome here yeah we're not a welcome and it was just okay that's accepted let's go do our own thing and so we did our own thing so it was never it was there was never an expectation or an entitlement because it was always <laughs> like it's fine we'll just and we found our own people and that's the great thing about twitch or podcasts or what you do you find your own people yeah. and it's it feels so much better than being forced or foisted upon people sure no and, and you know and that's and that all those years of doing the online stuff that you've done you know, obviously, in the last couple of years, has <laughs> come born big fruit, uh, and, and and meant you can, you know, you've got that audience there, and you're ready to go. Whereas a lot of comedians are sort of suddenly scrabbling around trying to do stuff online, and 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 don't have that, don't have that backing. And it, I think it is, you know, it's sort of fascinating. Watch what I like about your your YouTube videos that, and I have, you know, you've done a lot, so I haven't seen all of them. But there, you know, there's it's more about the idea than the production values. You know, the the uh, Handmaid's Tale one, which is just awesome, is just you holding a big piece of card or something over your head, but yeah. uh, and seemingly just uh, improvising around maybe a couple of ideas you've had. But it and. And you know you la your mum's filming some of them, and you laugh, you you're laughing at the end, and they're very homemade, but but really great content. And so, you know, it's it's really great to see stuff like that develop, and and a lot of the, the so the the Harry Potter, the Scottish Harry Potter one has been seen like tens of millions of times around the around the world. Yeah, right? I think it's like something stupid, like forty, fifty million. Right. Which, um, which is insane. But, so you, I, I was in. I just read about that. And so this is you. Just Harry Potter as a as a Scottish female <laughs> wizard, uh, and it's very. I won't try and describe it. Just watch these things. They're worth watching. But you you put that out yourself, and then it was bought by a, a lad. Was it Lad Bible or something? Was the website? The yeah, bought it. it was Lad Bible bought it, and I was filming with Josie Long the right. day they bought it, and it. Um, 
one of the guys who was in Harry Potter was in the production that we were doing and I was like really excited to meet him and <laughs> it had just gone viral that day it was Sean Bigger stuff and I was like oh <laughs> and he was just no interest didn't care and I was like oh okay but it was the first time anybody had ever who I didn't know had recognized me and it was like somebody in the production was like oh my god you're that girl on that Harry Potter video and I was like yes I am thank you so much and I'm stood beside a person from Harry Potter who they didn't recognize and that was the gold that was the juice right there was somebody being like oh you're the Harry Potter girl and I'm like yeah but all it is is I think again it's 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 a hundred percent of me being like there's never anybody like me in these things yeah. there's never just like a normal scottish person in these <laughs> fantastical situations and i yes. just think how funny would it be if like in the handmaid's tale if there was just like a scottish woman who was like raging that she'd been caught up in all this shit <laughs> It's great. Well, also, it's just such—it's a, a lovely reference thing to go to. I suppose there's a TV show, but you know, it's a—it's a highbrow reference, but then also just really silly and fun, and you know, and 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 yeah, just down to earth. So I'm going, yeah, this is all right. I, I don't really like this bit of it, but this is—I prefer this. It's—it's—it's it's, it's lovely stuff. Um, and uh, so when they so someone's bought it from you, but they make—if it got viewed forty million times, then presumably did they make the revenue off of that or did they did they give you a hundred quid for it and then it's been viewed 40 million times or did they give you a good amount of money to make it worthwhile or do you think it's worth it in terms of the uh, exposure that it's led led on to i suppose it was worth it in terms of it got me contracts to do short form right um where i got paid in advance by yeah. like the bbc or channel four and that was really good because it meant that I could I could say like I, I could have ideas and people like them. So yeah. here is my proof. There are my numbers, and that's where it was a good thing. Um, but it was it was at the time where Lad Bible had just started paying people and stopped stealing content. So right. it felt like a really big achievement <laughs> because usually they just stole your video. Yeah, and well, then... it's pretty good. <laughs> Even now it's still pretty good for someone to pay you for something. And I, I guess like, it, it gave a, a platform to to grow as well. So you know, it is it's it is uh, it's. Again, it's interesting because I think a lot of, again, when I started doing podcasts, lots of comedians go, "Why would you do stuff for no money?" And why, you know, what's, what? And I was, and I just wanted to do it to get the ideas out there. But, but actually, you're building, you're building something as you as you do that, and every, you know, it's it, it obviously has paid off. Um, I noticed you haven't got a Wikipedia page, Ashley, which is uh, about the third guest in about four or five weeks who's not got a Wikipedia page. And how is that possible? And why have you not got a Wikipedia page? I took it down. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> because I have mischievous friends who were putting shit in it that did not belong on the internet. Um, no, I don't. I don't know. I just like I like I like the fact that there are websites. You know, like those find out a celebrity's net worth websites. Yes. Okay, so I've found like three with mum in it right. and one has a picture of a man who is definitely not my dad who's about 27 um and says he works at carphone warehouse and that me and mum do a double act that are magicians <laughs> <laughs> and that she's five foot two and that no she's four foot eight one of them said she was four foot eight <laughs> that we were magicians and that my dad was a 27 year old who worked at carphone warehouse as a manager yeah and i kind of like that 
that still exists, that there are weird parts of the internet where somebody just made shit up and Wikipedia would ruin that. Okay, well I won't get I can I can send my my minions out to create you. I've done it before, I can do it again. If you want one, I can make the, I can make it happen. I'll hold off. Okay. I've got a project coming out later in the year. I'll maybe wait till then and see if that goes well. Okay. Because, you know, it makes it hard to research people if they don't have Wikipedia pages, because that's usually all I do, is just look at Wikipedia. <laughs> what do you want to know? I'm not on Wikipedia. Just ask me and I'll tell you. Um, yeah, I don't know. No, sometimes it just... I don't I don't know if I particularly want to know anything. I just... Uh, sometimes it... Uh, actually, I do, I'll tell you what I want to know more about is... Um, I want to know more about you working as a karaoke host, a bingo caller... And you, I want to know more about you working at a law film and met further making a pyramid out of soft drinks. That's tell me all much. about those. I worked as I was a temp who got sent to lots of different places, and one of the places I got sent to was a law firm where Susan Kalman was a lawyer at the time. Oh wow! And uh, my job was to answer the phone and set up the room for meetings, and also they had a lot of after work activities. It was a whole hoo ha. And I would have to like serve the sandwiches and get, and I got, I, I get bored and then I start to pretend I'm in a sitcom in my head. And so I thought, wouldn't it be funny if I built like a huge pyramid out of cans <laughs> in the, the, the boardroom? Cause they had, it was literally a setup. The Japanese were coming, Richard. <laughs> That's like every sitcom from the fifties and sixties. I love Lucy, the Japanese are coming. Oh, get it ready. So I set up a giant pyramid of cans of drinks, but the only way they could get a can of drink was to either to climb on the table and take one from the top <laughs> or face doom. And yeah. then I left and they sacked me that day. And I was like, well, that's fine because I'm not taking down your can, <laughs> your pyramid of drinks. So I'd love to have seen that like meeting in that law office where they had just asked me to leave and I had skipped on my merry way. And did they decide to go to a different room, or did they try and take down the can? I mean, if that fell on someone, though, they would be like, you know, there's a lawsuit waiting to happen. So they could have, you know, they could have been sued themselves. They'd have had to sue themselves. They would have had to sue themselves because I was getting paid cash in hand, so I wasn't on the books. Good. Okay, that's good. And uh, yeah, so what? You would? How long did the karaoke hosting was that? Was that like at the same time as? working in frozen or is that one of the no i did that when i was 18 okay. i did it for maybe a year and a half and okay. i used to do all the really angry like football bars and they loved me because i could rap and i would wear these giant furry boots and then i would go along <laughs> to these angry angry mostly really hardcore rangers pubs like if you're yeah. glaswegian and your audience i used to be the karaoke host at the doctor's bar and the grapes bar which were notorious bars loved it and i would do kanye and biggie smalls and <laughs> they would pay me extra because i was adorable i was this little girl who was like yeah and <laughs> would get really into my hip hop and so you would so you did stand up at 11 and 12 and then sort of turned away from stand up Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, what drew you back? So, was it were you were were you turned away from it because you didn't want to be? Is it a rebellion against your mum, or you just hadn't enjoyed? Did you enjoy doing it when you were younger, or was it? it 
I'll be very honest, I died on my hole for the <laughs> right. first time when I was 14 okay. and I hated that feeling Right. and I wasn't equipped to let it go because, again, probably a big sign of my neuroatypical brain being like, I'm never going to be able to get over this shame right. and um, I didn't cope well with it and then I kind of, I was always in the periphery. I mean, you remember me when I was a teenager, I was always roundabout comedy <laughs> doing something yeah. but never being a comedian but always always somewhere in the mix annoying somebody or flying for somebody or teching for somebody sure. or running on stage and winding people up during spank um and when i was like 15 during the <laughs> naked promo just being like show a bib and then <laughs> running away again um and I always loved it, but I never had the guts to kind of pursue it and properly go for it. And I just kind of tiptoed closer and closer to it. That was what happened. Right. And then eventually it was um, some horrible, traumatic things happened in my life. And I just thought, oh, it's that thing where something really bad happens and you either change or you stay. And yeah. I, I twisted and I didn't <laughs> stick. And I thought, oh, I can't do this anymore. I can't stay in my room and feel sad anymore. And this is the only thing I'm actually good at. So, <laughs> and it changed everything for the better. Yeah, well, it's, it's almost unbelievable that you had a time where you'd were <laughs> it. Seems, it seems such a good fit for you. And it's a fit that you found sort of so young because of, you know, partly because of your circumstances and your mum and all that sort of stuff. But also, you know, you'd found your people, I think. Yeah, so but you know of... how like your brain sometimes think, oh, this is too easy. Yeah, something must be wrong. <laughs> That's kind of what my brain did because it's too e it's too easy to eleven have gone. Oh, this is the thing I'm supposed to do for the rest of my life. That's yeah. that's it. I found my. Co that's too weird. So I did every other job I could literally do to try and disprove that eleven years old <laughs> <laughs> that I'd peaked. <laughs> Well, not peak, just found found your place in the world, and like it's, I don't know who was it, it was Sindhu V who who uh, who just seemed so funny, but did, came to comedy quite late in comparatively. You know, I think in a, you know, in her thirties or something like that. But she didn't even sort of start doing comedy till much later, and yet she seems so like someone you think you're just you, yeah. you're so comfortable, and she was so comfortable straight away as a comedian. That it's sort of almost unbelievable she didn't find it before, but to have found it and then it's good. Is it? You know, I think it's a, it's the right decision in a lot of ways. And yeah, any teenager who'd who'd been fourteen and played in an actual club and been you know and 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 died is not going to feel great about it. I was twenty, twenty one when I, when that was happening to me, and it was and it was devastating. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So you know, it's. I think it's it's also as I'm sure you have said, but it's good to have some actual real life experience as well when you to as you know an 11 year old doing comedies there's sort of there's a little bit of a novelty to that but you've not experienced anything in life which can be a funny way of coming at it but you know yeah 17 18 19 20 to go into i just look at myself and go how did i go into a room of adults as a 21 year old and think that they would want to pay money to to hear me tell fucking <laughs> jokes that of my non-fucking life, you know, that I'd done basically not even <laughs> had sex, more or less. But anyway, um, yes, good. Look, oh, this is there's so much to talk to you about, um, and uh, you know, we won't get it all. I should, you know, d didn't need to have your mum in at all, did we? Those other times, just thought we should, just just in case, just have her there. 
<laughs> so let's talk about what we do. You do. You're doing. You've got your Twitch channel, which, uh, uh, which is that just Ashley Story? So, the, what? How how many nights a week are you doing? Do you do one show a week, or do you do? Twitch.tv forward slash Ashley Story. Okay. I do. I try and do three a week. Right now, I'm doing two a week because I've got an acting job coming up, and I'm doing a lot of like preparation for that, and it's taking up a lot of time. Um, but three a week usually. Um, and I love it. Yeah, it's it, great. I love Twitch. Well, it really suits again. It really suits you, and your your mum pops up in those as well. <laughs> so, uh, and you're, I, I was watching. Uh, I don't know if this was a Twitch one or just a YouTube one. I was watching you reading out your Harry Potter erotic fan fiction, but that's the well, sort of thing that uh, that was a Facebook Live we did, and we raised um, twelve thousand pounds <laughs> for the Carers Trust doing okay. that. So for every thousand pounds, I read another chapter of Hippogriff Fever, <laughs> which was an erotic novella I wrote before I'd ever had sex. Um, about um, <laughs> characters from Harry Potter who were quarantined, which wow. was very prophetic. Yeah. Prophetic, we're, we're prophetic people. Uh, and so do watch that. And are you, are you are people able to use the Amazon Prime money to give you free money on your channel as well? Because people should do that. Subscribe yes. with Amazon Prime if you can to somebody on Twitch. Because That's the interesting thing about Amazon Prime, yeah. Richard, is once you've paid for your Amazon Prime, you do get a free subscription to any Twitch channel of your choosing, be it yourself or me. Yeah. doesn't matter. Or Roscoe. Roscoe's another good shout for somebody yeah. you could check out on Twitch. Well, there's lots of people there. It's free money, basically. If you're already with Amazon Prime, don't sign up just to give us money. Just give us money if you want to give us money. But <laughs> if you're with Amazon Prime, you can basically give back nearly everything you've paid for Amazon Prime to uh, someone on Twitch who you like. So do do that. Uh, and uh, lots of, I mean, you, you do, obviously did the podcast with your mum for a long time, which you're not, you, you don't, you're not doing this podcast together now though are you that's that no that's i have that. my own podcast called are we being unreasonable yes. which i do with guests um but mum does the jenny godley podcast on her own and it's fine that she's got the jenny godley show because i have the ashley story show available on bbc radio scotland and the bbc sounds app or website every friday night from 10 p.m till 1 a.m so yeah check that out well that's good that's all good so there's all this thing. you've got stuff coming up later in the year i don't know if you could talk about so you've got some acting jobs you've got various exciting things happening so it does and you won you've been winning awards both you and your mum have been winning awards yeah uh, uh, which is really terrific to see uh, so look keep going I mean, thanks you, Richard you, you I'll try to, you'll have to There's not, you're not going to be able to do anything else you're nuts the aliens are, they're not, unless they come back oh the aliens are here and you don't have to do anything anymore you're going to feel so foolish when Marco Rubio goes into Congress. and it, That's who's pushing this forward, by Is the it? way. That's the most shocking thing. It's Marco Rubio who's pushing this through Congress. <laughs> and they're going to be like, BTW, Richard Herring, yeah, well, the tall greys are real. I'll accept it if it happens. But, uh, you know, and I'll be glad in a lot of ways. But uh, I think, sadly, we're going to carry on on our own without gods or monsters to uh, look over us. As we plunge into our inevitable doom, um, but yes, do check out all of Ashley's stuff. <laughs> uh, you've got a Flintstones duvet, I noticed, as well as you've got the same cup as me. You've got the same cup as me, which I can't see on my thing. You've got a Flintstones duvet, as well as Flintstones duvet's gone. Ah, oh. yeah. Have you still got the Gustav Klimt, uh, the Kiss painting behind your nope, bed? Nope, that is gone completely. What? 
um, all of the good stuff is gone. I painted my room teal and battleship grey and replaced all of the art with boxes. Um, I do have a shit ton of crowns and wigs. <laughs> <laughs> and will, the William, the, the the Captain Kirk figurines still there? Have those gone as well? Oh no, Captain Kirk is still about. Um, he was appeared on the live stream last night when I was trying to, you know, the literary review do that bad sex and fiction award. Yes. So I was reading bits of that out to mum and she was poking me in the face with Captain Kirk while I was trying to read Kirsty Bork's Bad Sex. <laughs> Good. And have you heard from William Shatner? I know you're friends with William Shatner. Weirdly, just pops up. When we had the second birthday of my radio show, he wrote in and requested a song, but that wasn't even the best shout out we got. Billy Baldwin wrote in. Really? <laughs> Which is mad. <laughs> You mix it with all the stars, and it will carry on going. Uh, I can't wait to see you in Hollywood. I hope to see. I hope they will put you on. I mean, let's see. I know a lot of uh, female comedians were very cross with that end of year show where there's either no women in it or they they put a non-comedian woman on a show yeah. like that. Uh, and they really need someone like you on a show like that. I think. And I know, think I'd be good at rounding up the gear with Stacey Solomon. <laughs> and maybe instead I think of I'd Stacey, be great. No offence to Stacey, but maybe instead of Stacey Solomon. But I know your your mum's been on. Have I got news for you? But you guys not popped up on the on the on the you the English uh, panel shows so much. So I hope that they people will see you and get you on because you know that it's it's about what's up here, isn't it? <laughs> not Stacey Solomon. What's up there? What's coming out of here? She's a nice girl. And I've got antlers. You've got antlers. That's all you need. Uh, Look, it's been really lovely to talk to you. I'm going to let you go. Uh, It's been a fantastic uh, podcast. And uh, do check out all of Ashley's stuff on her Twitch. Not not if I'm on. Don't check out her Twitch then. Uh, Do check out my Twitch uh, stuff as well. If you're watching this on YouTube, I do a puppet show. I haven't gone mad. Uh, And I play myself at snooker. I'm fine. And sometimes I clear stones off the field. It's all normal. Uh, next week on Rahalas we have Danny Robbins from That Was Then, This Is Now. And uh, uh, he's doing a fantastic uh, radio show about uh, the Battersea poltergeist. Uh, I used to work with him. Uh, pre As It Occurs To Me, he was, uh, he was the one who was dropped from That Was Then, This Is Now when, I went, when it went to As It Occurs To Me. We'll talk about that a lot, I'm sure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, give a big round of applause to the wonderful Ashley Story. See you next week. Goodbye. <laughs> You have been listening to Rahalastapa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Ashley Story. Thank you to Pest for playing the music. Thank you to Kathleen McKeegan, who, for a fantastic website, Rahalastapa, Rahalastapa.com, which is a very useful research tool when I've had guests on before. I'm in debt to my friend and director and producer, Chris Evans, not that one, and everyone at GoFasterStrike.com and Sky Potato and ACAS. Uh, thank you also to Ben Walker. Um, uh, this is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFasterStripe.com production. Head to GoFasterStripe.com slash badges. Become a monthly badger. Get all kinds of benefits. Terms and conditions do not apply. Uh, you have to pay money. That's the terms and conditions. Um, you can get extra interviews from backstage. It's a very good one with Ashley Story. And you can get stand-up shows. You get a badge. You get membership cards. And you help give us money to make more online content. What more do you want, you motherfuckers?